0: Praise god let's pray media i'ma need y'all because we got to move quick because i got to get it all out Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for allowing us to come together, Father. Lord, we ask, Lord, I ask, Lord, that you speak, Lord, through me in the name of Jesus, Lord. None of me and all of you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Right now, Lord, let let what you have to say, Lord, come through me, Lord. Let it be smooth in the name of Jesus, Lord. And let them be able to hear it and see it just the way that you showed it to me, Father. I ask these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Well, I know I was going to be first. Uh, jesus well i i want to talk about god being on the job um and when we say that god is on the job we're not just talking about um oh any old body on the job it's, it's nobody that we have to watch over and have to make sure they're doing their work or as soon as you walk away they on break and they sleep or in they in their car or they're on they on their phone when we talk about god being on the job he's on the job um, I, I, when I got saved, really, really saved, I decided <laughs> that I wanted to make him CEO of my life, um, of, of this job that I call my life. Um, there's two things, there's, there's CEO, either he could be CEO of your life, which is chief executive officer, or he could be CXO which is chief experience officer. Either way, he, he should be in charge. Um, and when, you, when we talk about a CEO, when, some, when, when we're talking about an executive, we're talking about somebody responsible for purchasing, hiring, firing, training, quality control, and day-to-day supervisory duties. He's in charge of everything. And there are some traits that... I'm going to get to the word in a minute, but I want to give some traits that a CEO, an executive should have. Um, They should have the ability to learn from the past. They should have strong communication skills. They should be able to build relationships. They must be understanding and have listening skills. They must must have willingness to take calculated risks. Be able to read people and adapt to necessary management, management styles. They must have realistic optimism. Now, I started not to put that, but what that, mean, that means is be confident in their skill. Not arrogant, but confident. And so when, when I gave God the job over my life, to be CEO over my life, he does he, a resume. This is his resume on the things that... That he does, that he has done. So, you know, because when you say CEO, you're not talking about, oh, oh, any, anybody. They have to have the skill. They have to have, you know, some experience. You can't give your mama that job. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just going to give you a job, mama. No, you can't have that job, mama, because you got to be, re- it's a responsibility. This, this is over the whole company called my life. So I can't give you that job. Um, first media, let's go to, um, we, we running down God's resume. I'm only going to do seven and I'm gonna try to go quickly. So, um, it's going to be new King James version. Unless I tell you something different. Okay. First, we're going to go to Job, the 26th chapter verses seven through 14. And this is the, the first thing on God's resume for me is he's powerful and mighty. Elohim. So, he is, he's, um, this is Job. Job is speaking to um, the height. I want to say it right, Bildad. Uh, and Bildad had no win and said a little something to Job. Like, he, he know a little, a little something about God. I know a little something about God, you know, this and that. And he, he, he really asked, he asking Job, um, how can man be righteous? So, Job, now he didn't necessarily say this, but I'm going to tell you what I got from him. Job was telling him all the ways man can be righteous because we serve a God that makes man righteous. So this is how he can be righteous because this is who we serve, a powerful and mighty God. And it says, he stretches out the north over empty space. He hangs the earth on nothing. He binds up the water in his thick clouds, yet the clouds are not broken under it. He covers the face of his throne and spreads his cloud over it. He drew a circular horizon, 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 excuse me, horizon on the face of the waters at the boundary of light and darkness. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his rebuke. He stirs up the sea with his power and by his understanding, he breaks up the storm. By his spirit he adorned the heavens, his hand pierced the fleeing serpent. Indeed, these are the mere edges of his ways. And how small a whisper we hear of him, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? So I said, all right, God. I'm reading his resume. I said, all right, Lord. "Mm, Okay. I need power and might. Okay. Okay. Then we go on. Let's go to Exodus 3, chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. And this is Yahweh. This is, I'm just going by the names that he's been called. But great I am is what it means. And it's it's a God of authority. So I need somebody over my life with power and might. And they have to have authority. I can't have them letting anybody come and go and all. You, it, he has to have authority. So... Here it is. This is um, Moses asked, and this, I see things a little different. Moses asked God earlier before this, who am I? God ain't even replied, because he was asking the wrong question. The question is, who am I? God was like, who am I? Okay, yeah, you, I got you. I'm going to use you. But I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm sending you, so if I'm sending you, you're good. You, 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 everything is great. So he said, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you. This is God. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham. The God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever and this is my memorial to all generations. All right, Lord, I need, I need powerful. I, I need you to be powerful and mighty and I need you to be, have authority. And so far, so good. So it says, um, and then when you think about authority too. I thought about it because I, I went a little bit farther. I got a little stuck for a minute. God is the only that can change your name and you be the definition of what he changed it to. What kind of God? The, we, he, he give you a name and, and you want it before and then all of a sudden you it what he... That's the kind of God we serve. He has to change everything. Every, everything has to change. Good God. Now, Now, I need... Now, I'm a girl. So... I need, I need Abba too. I need a father, you know. I need somebody who listens, who, who's, care. you know, he's a CEO of mine. I need to be able to tell him, Lord, this is what happened. What do you think? What, what should I do? And so with that being said, let's go to Galatians four verses four. I mean, excuse me, chapter four, verses one through seven. Do we have it in the easy to read version? Galatians 4, verses 1 through 7. And easy. It says, this is what I am saying. When young children inherit all that their father owned, they are still no different from his slaves. It doesn't matter that they own everything. While they are children, they must obey those who are chosen to care for them. But when they reach the age of the, age the father set, they are free. It is, it is the same for us. We were once like children, slaves to the useless rules of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, who was born from a woman and lived under the law. God did this so that he could buy the freedom of those who were under the law. God's purpose was to make us his children. Since you are now God's children, he has sent the spirit of of his son into your hearts. The spirit cries out, Abba, Father. So now I got somebody to, to, to talk to. I got, I got a father. So he is, he's powerful and mighty. Some call him Elohim. He's great. I am with authority, Yahweh. He's Abba, our father, love and kindness. He, he's all of that. And then he is, you know, if you're a CEO over my life, you got to see some stuff. You got to see Oh, I don't need you to be sleeping. I need you to see. See what I who need to be fired? Who we need to hire. Who we need to put on on probation. You about to go. You better get it together. We got to. So with that being said, let's go to Genesis. I wanna I want to go to the God who sees. Genesis, the, the 16th chapter, verses 9 through 13. Genesis, the 16th, that can, and um, New King James Version. And I want to make sure I see it right. The God who sees is El-Ra-E. That's how, now they gave it a long beard, but when i seen it shorter. It was El-Ra-E. Um, it says, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. This was, this was um, Hagar. She was trying to run because um, Sarai, she wasn't Sarah yet. Sarai was, you know, Adam. So she was trying to leave. She said, I'm going to get out of here. I ain't got time. I ain't going to stay here and let nobody treat me or any kind of way. I'm out of here. So the angel tell her, now you got to go back now. You got, to, you got to do this thing the right way. You got to do it the right way now. So the angel, the an, then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction." He shall be a wild man, his hand shall be against every man and every see, God ain't leave us, he ain't just, I'm gonna give you some, I'm gonna tell you what it, Um, give you heads up now. Now I'm gonna give you some, but uh he's gonna be against everybody that everybody that run up on him is gonna be a problem. So he said. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. He shall then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees, for she said, have I also here seen him who sees me? But this this was the thing where Hagar, Hagar, am I saying it right Hagar? She wasn't even like the main attraction. I don't know how else to say it. You get what I mean? She wasn't even the main attraction, but still God seen her. See, you don't, you don't want to get caught up with, well, I don't sing on the praise team, well, I don't usher, well, I don't. He still sees you. But the, the other part of that is she's seen him. So make sure you're seeing him also. This is how we see him with his resume. But, anyways, so now we got the God that's, power, that's powerful, mighty. He's the great I am he, with authority, He's our Father. He is the God who sees, and he is He is all-sufficient, El Shaddai, more than enough. Good God. Okay, let me, let me quicken it up. Okay, New King James Version. We're going to stay there for a minute, then we're going to switch to the um, Passion. But right now, 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 7 through 10. Did I say it in the New King James Version? Yes. Okay. See this. <laughs> that, did I say? Oh, 2 Corinthians. The 12th chapter. Okay. So it says, um, we're going to go through the 10th. It says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation, a throne in the flesh was given to me. We know who that is. No, no, no. Who got the thorn? Who got the um, thorn? Excuse me. Who got the thorn? Okay. I just want to make sure I was going to go back and tell the little piece. You know, I'm just make sure we all together. A thorn in the flesh was given to, to me, a messenger of Satan to um, buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. So I definitely, I need all, I need all sufficient. When I'm not on the job, when I, well, first of all, I can't even be on the job. This thing I call life, this, this job I call life. Only God can, can take care of me the right way anyways. I can't take care of myself. I, I, see, I was the CEO at one time. And she was doing all kind of, I'm going to say it like it ain't me. And she was doing all type of stuff. Trying to make it sufficient, trying to, trying, to, um, uh, trying to, you know, trying to have power, trying to have might, trying to have authority. She was doing all type of stuff. That business went down several times. <laughs> several times. So, I needed God to get in there. Okay, I got two more. Let me go because I got a testimony right quick. So, now, also, God is a healer. Jehovah Raphael. Oh, wait a minute. Let's go back. I'm sorry, right quick. Go to the, um, the, same, the same chapter, um, the 10th verse. Do, can we pull it up in the Passion Version? Just the 10th ver- um, verse. Because I thought this was nice. It says, so I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. <laughs> For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness become a porter to God's power. I need to be. So that's a plus. You know, even saying you think think you're doing something. No. It's like you you have a... You ever been in trouble? You, you ever been in a fight and you were not winning it? And you looked up and seen your brother, your cousin, your sister, them? And they was coming. And you was like, oh, I got some help. <laughs> I got some help. My sister was victorious for that. I said, where that girl came from? I ain't lose too many, but I had one with a boy that I had to, she had to come straighten it out. Thank God for big sisters. Anyways, <laughs> let's go um, to Jehovah for the healer, because I need a healer. I also need a healer with this, this job I call life. The Passion Version. Let's do it in the Passion Version. Um, 1 Peter, the second chapter, verses 18 through 24. It starts off with, speaking of us being submissive to a master well. Yes, First Peter. The second chapter, there it is. It says, those who are servants submit to the authority of those who are your masters. Not only to those who are kind and gentle. I know some of us work with people that we be like, oh my God, I can't even, I don't even know how you got this job. (laughs) But even to those who are hard and difficult. You find God's favor by deciding to please God even when you endure hardships because of unjust suffering. For what merit is it to endure mistreatment for wrongdoing? Yet if you are mistreated when you do what is right and you faithfully endure it, this is commendable before God. In fact, you were called to live this way because Christ also suffered in your place, leaving you his example for you to follow. He never sinned. He never spoke deceitfully. When he was verbally abused, abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God who judges righteously. He himself carried our sins in his body on the cross. So that we would be dead to sin and live for righteousness, our instant he- healing flowed from His womb. I, I, I did that version because instant healing. We shouldn't be toting nothing round. Instant healing. So, so now I got. Let's 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 run it down. Oh. okay, I can't wait. We got. Um, power, we got God who's powerful and mighty on the job He's great He's the great I am with authority He's our father He's all sufficient, El Shaddai He's Jehovah Rapha And he is Yahweh Shalom God of peace Can we go to Judges right quick? Chapter 6, verses 22 through 24 It can be in the New King James Version This is about in. He's hiding in the dens and the caves They made and the, call, the angel calls him um, a mighty man of valor. Valor, excuse me. And he, um, but he's saying, I don't know how you say I'm dead. Because he's saying God is with you. Say, say, I God with me. And we getting beat up like this. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, ain't, I, ain't, I know he was saying he ain't a rocket scientist. But I know if God with you, it's, you winning. <laughs> so he didn't understand what was going on. So what happened was, now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, at last, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear, you shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it is still an Oprah of the Abiezites, right, Abiz- so, he is the God of peace, too. So, he, him, having God on the job means that you got peace, you got healing, you got might, you got power, you got a father. You, having a God on the job, it, it means that you have everything that you need. That's everything that I need. All, all sufficient, so that anything that left out, he catch all the rest of it. So, he's everything that I, I have. And I want to testi- testify right quick. My nephew, right quick, my nephew got in a car accident um, Sunday night. And so, I, um, he got in a car accident Sunday night, and um, I went to check my phone because it was on the charger to make sure I don't overcharge it. You know? I get my phone. And I see my mom had called me at 11.40 p.m. So, I said, oh, my goodness, what is she calling by?" you know? So, I called her, and she said, well, your, your, your nephew, my nephew, Trey, anybody didn't know that's, that's my nephew. That's my boo. Uh, you know, and he'd been in a car accident, and she said, he died twice. He was dead on the scene, and... In the ambulance in the ambulance that he um, his heart stopped again. So when I, she said he in a coma, this 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 the report she given. He's in a, he's in a coma, and he's on life support. So I said, Oh God! So I almost panicked. My, my soul, my my soul, you know, my flesh, you know, it panicked almost. So I'm like, Oh, I've got to, I'm get out of here. I gotta get out of work because I'm at work. And so then I thought about pastor. I thought about the story about the the cheeseburgers when they went in. The daughter had died in the cheeseburger. And so and I and I said, I said, you know what? If God can't do it, it can't be done. So it ain't used to me going running, running and mess trying to get in the car, myself, trying to run and panicking, trying to get there. So what I did was I went on the other side where the business office is, and I went ahead and went in. I said, well, okay, Lord, what you gonna do, Lord? You know, give him a chance, cause you know, you know. I thought about your sins have been forgiven. Give him a chance, Lord, to serve you. Give him a chance to hear me when I go back to him when he get out this hospital bed and tell him how great God is. Give him a chance to serve you, Lord. So as I went, so as I, I went through, and I said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm praying, I'm yeah, Lord, okay, but. It was. It was already. I, it was already. I was already supposed to leave early, but I would let people take their breaks. Two people that took their breaks or whatever and everything. Then I went to the hospital. I went to the hospital and I see him. He laying up in there. They saying and, and so they say to him. They they saying to my sister while I'm there, cause everybody else don't left, cause I'm, now I'm at. It's um clear, almost two o'clock in the morning. So I say, okay, I'm there, and they say we can't get the blood to stop, right? See that's why I say this is God's resume. This is this is his resume. When you you can find it. You if you can find it in here, if he already don't done it, that's what makes him qualify. This, this qualifies him. This qualifies him. You can find it in here. He can do it. It's done. And so I said, they say we can't get the blood to stop. You know that um the um they got these tubes, they got three chest tubes and they um um they can't get the blood to stop. So I said, you know, so now I'm thinking I said, "Oh, it was a lady that had, that, that bled for 12 years. She bled for 12 years. Look, now if he stopped her bleeding, look, and, and just a touch to him of his garment, you better grab hold of this word what I'm saying, sister. This is what I'm saying to my sister. Grab hold of what I'm saying. He will stop bleeding. He will. And, and so I had to no order him up to I went there with my oil. I got, left that part. I ordered him up. He had oil all over his head, all over his hands, all over his feet. The nurses were saying, What is this? You Jesus. The anointing. The anointing. So, so I had to order them up. And so now so now she's having the blood you know. So I said, so they went upstairs. They took him upstairs. Now he in I see you or whatever we stayed, me and the kids. Um we stayed or whatever. And so now, but I already don't prayed and I already I I'm, I don't calm down, I already know he's, it, it, look could. he could have been gone at the accident, so Lord you ain't brought, you, you, you don't did that, you don't raise from the dead, you don't, I don't see all that. so Lord, do what you do you on the job cause remember now, he's on the job even when I can't see, he's the executive I couldn't see, I didn't know my nephew was in no accident, but I make him I make him rule over my life He's chief executive over my life. And that my nephew is a part of my life. You know, so so therefore, while I'm at work, he's still on the job. He ain't, he ain't, you, I can trust him. I ain't got to look over him uh, and watch him. He got it. So now they take him upstairs or whatever. And so now, you know, it, it, my sister say, oh, yeah. I say, girl, I don't want to, I say, speak life. Because I got to talk with authority now. Speak life. So now he upstairs. And so now. They they um they say, Oh, yeah, he in the coma, me in the coma. Okay, no, come on up out of there, nephew. I'm talking to him. You already ordered up the anointing on you. You can't you don't stay in comas with the anointing. You know what I mean? So come on, let's go. So we get upstairs. So now the first day it was a little, you know, a little touchy still. So the second time I went in there, I went in there by myself. My sister was gone. I told her I was gonna go back and check on him. So the nurse was a little agitated with other people that was coming. Um, the alternative lifestyle, those people was coming and all that and, and, and she was agitated. She said, I don't want him in here you know, this and that. They, they agitating him or whatever, this and that. So she said, you want me to wake him up? <laughs> what you mean do I want you to wake him up? Oh, he can wake up. She took her hand and rubbed him. First, first she took her hand and, 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 and rubbed him on his chest. She said, I stopped the, the medicine that sedating so dating him. She stopped the medicine. She shook him, shook him on his chest. She said, You want me to wake up? He woke up. So he woke up looking like she said, Wiggle your toes, Curtis. He wiggled his toes. She said, Stick your tongue out. He stuck out his tongue. Listen. Listen. Listen, so so she said, You afraid? I'ma tell y'all something. This lady was 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 speaking the 23rd Psalm. She said, You afraid? You don't have to be afraid. You ain't alone. You ain't alone. I said, <laughs> you have no idea. He's definitely not alone. He's definitely not alone. So, in other words, he ain't in no coma. And so now they saying, oh, his lungs in bad shape and, and different. But this is, listen, this is God's resume. Has he ever, he says he breathes his breath in our lungs. So it's okay that he's not breathing or what they say on his own. And today that changed. She said he can breathe on his own. She said the, the lungs are still damaged. So we're trying to keep the pressure off of them. But when when if they if it comes loose, he can breathe on his own. And he's coming out of there. And y'all gonna see him in here because I'm believing God for a complete miracle. Everything they ever called God, everything, every name he ever been, he's gonna be it in his life. Every name he ever been, that's what. The, the, every name, every name he's ever been, he's gonna be it in his life. Every, that peace, the, the, the mighty, powerful, all sufficient. Everything he ever been, he's gonna be it in, in his life. That's why I stay going up there. I wanna make sure that that's my words that he hear. That he hear this word. That you know, you got to give God your life, boy. You got it, cause he's you. You died twice. I know you don't think them, them paramedics woke you up. I know you don't think that. No, because I'm still praying. Even though you don't see them, I'm still praying about how, how God good, how saved and sanctified you're going to be, how Holy Ghost filled you're going to be. I'm still praying that. Regardless of where you are or what you're doing, I'm still praying. They got to turn around. Everything turns around. Everything turns around. So I think I That's what he said. He says, I breathe my lungs. act 17, my breath in your lungs. So it's okay. Whatever. They're saying, talking about a trachea and stroke. Them are all lies. I told my sister, stop telling people that foolishness. That's foolishness. Stop telling people that. Speak life. And once we make God the CEO over our lives, or the CXO, either way whenever we make him run it, let him run it that's when everything else it, it works out you stop being stressed out and worried about stuff and all that I smile because I'm, it, I'm happy <laughs>
1: praise God come on give God a praise for that word for that testimony come on Deacon continue giving God a praise as we receive Deacon Robert Lemon as he comes to minister to us right now
2: Hallelujah, man, praise God, praise God, man, that's, that's big, yeah, that's big, yeah, that's worth the wait, man, that's awesome, man, amen, amen, well, I'm not going to be before you long, man, I'm like, goodness, I mean, she, she want a part too. she can come on, I mean, that's, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome, well, I'm going to turn it a little, not really turn it, but, uh, man, that's good. Um, I'm going to talk about the man and woman of God of this house. Yeah. I'm going to talk as a big brother, if you, if you don't mind. All right? All right? Um, I want to start from um, John 2. I'm reading from the King James Version. I got you, Kirk. Thank you, man. That's... John 2. Yeah, I, I got you. And uh, and it reads, and the third day there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother said to Jesus, said unto him, we have no wine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour has not come yet. His mother said unto the servant, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. Do it. Whatsoever they say unto you, do it. Mary knew exactly what Jesus can do. She understand whatever he said or whatever he commanded, things had to change. If it's on that song today, something has to change. Um, talking about Pastor John and Pastor Kim, they're not here just speaking words. Earlier it says she spoke to the servants. These are the servants of the Most High God. Okay? So they're actually speaking what God has for them. All right? So um, Sunday, <laughs> Pastor was prophesying Sunday. I don't know who he was talking to. I was sitting right here. And every time someone prophesies, or he or, or the woman of God prophesies. I'm like, man, he's talking to me even though he ain't looking to me. He's talking to me. That, that's for me. So I'm intensely listening. I'm like, man, you know, I'm trying to get every word that they're talking about. And so when, uh, whenever he's done, I always say, I received that. You know, I received that. Even though he wasn't specifically talking to me, you know, God could have spoke to him, for him to say it to him. But there could have been four or five other people that was, uh, you know, there. So I'm like, man, I received that, you know. <clears throat> So, uh, and I'm always, always saying, you know, Pastor says it from, all, from time to time, you know, get all you can and can all you get, yeah. you know. I may not need it later now, but I may use that later. <laughs> so, I'm going to can that for later, all right? I'm going to look at a few individuals here um, who actually uh, was given instructions and they followed instructions. 2 Kings 5. 2 Kings 5. And this is Naaman. Um, Naaman was the captain of the host of the uh, king of Syria. Naaman was an honorable man. Um, The Lord delivered Syria into his hands. Not only was he honorable, but he was a mighty man of valor. But there was one thing with Naaman. Naaman was a leper. Naaman's wife had a maid who actually was telling uh, Naaman's wife, about a man called Elijah. So uh, basically, um, he's telling Naaman, hey, you know, uh, I'm sorry, tell Naaman's wife, you should go see Elijah, you know, uh, this man of God. So I'm gonna start, if you will, at verse nine. And again, King James. <clears throat> so Naaman came, to the, uh, Naaman came with his horses and with his chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elijah and Elijah sent a message unto him. I'm thinking about Shantae. She didn't even go. She sent a word. <laughs> Elijah sent a message to him saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again, and thou shalt be cleansed. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought surely he'll come out to me and stand and call the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over this place and recover the leper are not, help me out, Abana and Fapara, rivers of Damascus better than the waters in Israel may I not wash in them and be cleansed so he turned away in a rage and his servant came near and spoke to him and again his servant his servant came near and spoke to him and said my father if the prophet had, uh, had bid thee to do something great, would thou not have done it? How much rather than that he said, wash and be cleansed? Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan. According to the saying of the man of God, his flesh came, like, uh, his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a child, and he was cleansed. Amen. And again, Naaman was so upset that was something Naaman didn't want to hear. Naaman wasn't even thinking about, you know, dipping in the river. He was waiting for, you know, somebody to do the, you know, wave the hand and say something to him. He actually wanted to see the man of God. But Naaman, it didn't turn out like Naaman thought. Okay. Uh, sometimes that sounds like us, does it? You know, you ask God, hey God, you know, I want a word. Give me a word, you know. Uh, I want to bless somebody today. You know. And then the Lord said, hey, put you in a position where you can hear a conversation going on about finances. Right, right. And then it's higher than your, really, your thought. You know, oh, Lord, I ain't really thinking about that one. You know, so, um, you know, give me something else, you know. You know, so uh, you actually, it actually wasn't the plan Naaman had in mind. So, uh, and again, what uh, you really do is actually curse your own blessing. This is an opportunity for you to be blessed, and you'd bypass that. Um, the man and woman of God comes to us all the time and say, hey, you know, I know Pastor does it. Come on, you got to get this. You're not getting this? You're not getting this? Come on, I want you to get this. And I, Pastor Kim, you know, come on, come on, don't fool me now. Don't fool me now. You know, you know that she and look at the faces and know that you're not getting this word, Okay. So, you know, like Naaman, you know, sometimes, you know, we kind of worry about, hey, who's looking at me? You know, what would people say or think about me? You know, or, you know, pastor say, hey, I need you to jump up and down, you know, five times. You know, you only do it two times, you know. know, So, again, you're disobedient, you know. And you say, oh, that's totally beneath me. I'm not gonna do that. Oh, I'm way past that, you know. And then, you know, I've heard, They don't take all that, you know. We don't need to take all that. So sometimes that sounds like us today, okay? Um, Don't, you know, talking about tithing, so on and tithing, I don't need to talk about that, right? I don't need to talk about tithing, right? Okay, so I'll go ahead and talk about it. (laughs) Will you please, um, King James, Malachi 3 and 10. I thought we had this down. (laughs) Malachi 3 and 10, King James versions. And it reads, bring ye tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now herewith, said Pastor John and Pastor Kim. Does that say that? The Lord of hosts. These are servants of the Most High God. They're telling you what the Lord of hosts says. Says the Lord of hosts, if I would not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there would not be room enough to receive. These are God's messengers. All right. They're reminding us what it's going to take to keep the devourer off of us. All right. Exodus 4 and 10. Um, I'm going to go there. Um, Shante, Pastor, they was all over this. Um, Exodus 4, talk about Moses, God giving Moses instruction. Um, easy to read, if you can get that for me. Oh, man, I was rolling when I read it in the easy to read. because <laughs> This sounds just like a lot of us when we're, uh, you know, God is talking to us. We have that. Easy to read. Uh, God has already talked to Moses about, hey, I need you to deliver my children out of Israel, you know, out of hands of Pharaoh. Uh, um, so lead them out, you know, um, this, this is what I need you to do. Then Moses said to the Lord, but Lord, I'm telling you, I'm not a good speaker. I've never been able to speak well, and that hasn't changed since you started talking to me. I mean, like, like man, Moses is really trying to get out of this. Man, he Says, and I'm still not good at speaking. You know I speak slow and don't even use the best words. <laughs> then the Lord said to him, who made the, uh, the person's mouth? Uh, who can? He didn't say he did it. Who can make someone deaf or, who's, uh, or not able to speak? Who can make a person blind? Who can make a person able to see? I am the one. I am the Lord. So go. I will be with you. And speak I would give you the words to say and again but Moses said my lord <laughs> I beg you <laughs> send someone else not me then the Lord became angry with Moses and said all right I'll give you someone now you notice Moses didn't I mean the Lord didn't send someone else he sent Moses a helper, Aaron see the the thing God has for you, it's not gonna change. You know, whatever God has for you is 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 for you. Amen. Okay. So uh he says, I'll send you a heaven. Aaron, the Levite, your brother, isn't he? And um, you know, it's a question for Moses. And he's he's a good speaker. In fact, Aaron's already coming to meet you, and he'll be happy to see you. You know, so it says, um, and again, thinking about Pastor, Pastor Kim, you know. How long are we gonna sit here? They've already commanded us to go out. Shante talked about it earlier. You know, um, her nephew. You know, what can she do when she got down there? She went to the closet, or went to that, that separate room, and she said the word. They've already said that. Use your words. You gotta say something. You gotta say something. Okay. Um, Pastor, <laughs> when I was reading this, Pastor sent me a text Sunday. And I already told him I was gonna do some work at a place, you know, that we have. And um, I saw it. it, was almost 30 minutes before I replied. <laughs> but I didn't see it until 30 minutes, you know. So I walked down, I'm like, God, and I got mad with myself. I'm like, man. And then I was reading this, I hope Pastor didn't think I was procrastinating, saying, man, <laughs> do I wanna do it or don't, you know? So uh, I'm telling Pastor, Pastor Kim, don't ask me. Tell me. <laughs> I would prefer you to say, "Hey, next Wednesday you speaking? I got it. Okay, you know, just send me that text. Okay. Um, if you will, please turn with me to. Um, I'm going to Joshua. And again, talked about Joshua uh, inheriting the land, taking the um, children over. Um, Verse 6. Joshua 6, verse 6. Now, Moses, uh, Joshua had already got instructions from God on what he needed to do. Okay? So in verse 6, it says, Now Joshua was straight, I mean, Jericho, I'm sorry, was straightly shut up the, uh, of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into the land of Jericho and the king thereof. And the mighty man of valor, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thou shalt do this six days, and the seventh day shall you bear the ark of the, uh, shall we bear the ark, seven uh, trumpets of the ram's horn, and seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. In verse ten, you know, it goes down. I'm gonna skip down a little bit, but in verse ten, you know, God had already given commands to um, to Joshua for the children. In verse ten, you know, uh, you know, I passed to give you that nugget, you know, where it he says, uh, "Hey, don't buy this house. Hey, don't do anything till after ninety days." Well, Joshua went round and told everybody in the camp, "Don't say a word. Don't speak about nothing. Don't make no kind of noises." don't do any of that because what Joshua didn't want anyone to do to get out there and destroy what the Lord has verse 20 I'm going to drop down to verse 20 when it said the people shouted when the priest blew the trumpet and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout and the walls fell down flat so the people went up to the city and every man straight for out every man straight before him and they took the city and again you know, the Lord told Joshua ahead of time, the city is going to be yours, but you must follow the instructions that I'm giving you. Going back to John um, 2, verse 5, what Jesus said, I mean, Mary said to the servants, whatsoever he says unto you, do it. In closing, Nikon has a, a saying that they do. After every commercial, you see it. Um, one word to you: When a man or woman of God tells you something, asks you something, you know, to do something, there shouldn't be any questions. Just do it. Amen. Amen.
1: Come on, give God a praise for that. Whatever He says unto you, do it. Listen, there is so much power in just simple obedience. And as loony and crazy as instructors may be, turn around and high-five three people. I mean, stuff like that. You may, I'm tired of doing that. Just do it. Just do it. There's, there's spiritual application. There's things that are happening that you may not be aware of. So we just do it. Amen. Give God another praise for that. Y'all have room for more? All right. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to squeeze in two more. Elise DeLoach is going to come, and then to close us out, Mr. Christopher McClendon, all right? So come on, receive Minister Elise as she comes. Give her a big hand. I'll give big God bless you.
3: Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm excited, y'all. Y'all been smiling lately, praise God. Hey, man. No, I'm serious, y'all. Y'all. Okay, praise God. Just checking, you know, in the ninety-day window and stuff. Praise God, things been happening. I was like, my goodness. Hi, y'all doing? Y'all doing good? Okay. I love the Holy Spirit, right? I love the Holy Ghost. I love our pastors. Thank you guys so much for our, for this opportunity. I've been, you know, I've been texting them every now and then. I'm like, you know, I love you. Like, I just, something happened in my life, and I remember something they said. I'm like, I love you. Like, I Pastor Kim, I love you, Mom. Girl, like, things that happen. But anyway, amen, I love y'all. So I was, I was, in these 90 days, the Lord had been showing me some things in Scripture because in these 90 days, I am believing for financial prosperity. I'm believing for that, but I'm also believing for a stronger anointing and for all these things because I want God to use me in certain ways in that area. Right. And I was just I was admonished when the Lord was telling me when he preached um, lifestyle evangelism, I was with the babies. Praise God. So the first one I was with the children. So I went back and I was hearing it and I'm listening to this message and I just begin to cry. Because when I came back over to see Dad, I always come back over and speak. I always come up. And I was like, hey, he was like, he was like that word. I was like, listen, I heard a piece of that. I'm going to get the rest of that. But I heard a piece of that. And that's it right now. And he was like, listen, that's that's for you. And I said, okay, I received that. So as I'm listening to this word, I begin to cry. And I'm like, I'm crying at a word. Like, ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing like that." But this word really, sometimes you hear those words that really just, oh, like it, it does that. And for me, lifestyle evangelism is very important because God told me, he said, your biggest testimony is not the one that everyone knows. It's not the one where you used to live on life. Homeless. It's not none of that stuff. He said, your biggest testimony is that you're poor and now you're rich. And I was like, oh, well, praise God. And he was explaining to me that the root of some of those behaviors comes from poverty and mortism. And so I was like, okay, he said, but the root, the greatest one is not that you were delivered from that. That's easy. But the fact that nobody in your family has ever been wealthy, nobody in your family has ever seen over a certain amount. Ma- I made more money than my mama for my almost my whole life of working. And she'll tell you to herself. And pastor will remind me that she, they're already impressed by you, but I want to go to another level. Amen. I want to go. I want to go somewhere else with, with the impression. My mom is very impressed. She always pumpkin. I'm so proud of you. And that's wonderful. But I, I, I want to go somewhere else with this. And I began to study and the Lord began to show me some things. So go with me. And I, in 20 minutes. OK, praise God. And so I'm going to talk fast, but it'll be clear because the Lord started to show me. He said that while the devil in this time, he's causing interruptions. When we the people of God need to be interceding. All right. So, you know, I always teach a message where it's going to go outside of me. That's kind of where God called me to be. And so during this time, we have to be interceding. And the Lord showed me three points of intercession of how in our lives there are three ways that we can intercede on behalf of someone else. That everything, every time you do something, it's not always about you. But in this season, the Lord, the devil is causing major interruptions. That what happened to Shante's nephew was a major interruption. All right? Not just to her life, but to his life, to his family's life. It was a, and people say, well, God, that was God. That was not God. That was the enemy. And when he come fully up out of that thing, remind him that the devil that you was trying to roll with is the one that did this to you. All right? And so we got to understand the power of intercession. So God showed me three points. The first one is with your prayers. All right? So people call intercession, oh, I'm going I'm to go to intercession. Intercession just means to simply intervene, to intervene on behalf of someone else. Slow down. Praise God. All right, praise God. But so intercession, it means to intervene, right? It means to intervene on behalf of someone else. So if we look at 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 5, very familiar scripture about the power of prayer intercession. But I was reading, I read a little bit past verse 3, and I read all the way to verse 5, okay? And so we're going to pull that up. 1 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 5. And I just want to say, I was over there doing a baby shout, the words of Christ was in red. I was like, "Yes." yes, praise God. All right, it says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, so don't talk about Trump, amen, that we may that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So he's saying by verse 1, all this goes together, that by your prayers and by your intercessions, what will happen is through that there will be, they will know the truth that there is one God and one mediator, the man Christ Jesus. So through the power of your prayers, through the power of you interceding for somebody, you're opening up the wisdom of God over their life using your authority to let them know that there is only one God and one mediator between God and man. So it's very important that we pray and we intercede on behalf of other people because when you're praying using your authority, yes, we pray for things and that's wonderful, but the same way you can pray for this house and believe you have it, you can pray for a soul and know that they're gonna be saved. Whether today, tomorrow, or five years from now, you have to pray knowing that they're going to be born again. You have to know that, all right? Should nobody you prayed for not get saved? That should just not happen. Because anything that you ask in my name, I will do it for you. That's including if you ask for them to be born again in my name, I will do it for you. All right? The next scripture I want to go to, just real quick, is John 17, in the Amplified Bible. Hallelujah. Because Jesus was interceding for the disciples. And in that whole John 17, that's really the Lord's prayer. Hallelujah. That's the real one. All right. It says, John 17, verse 11, it says, now I am no more in the world. So this is Jesus speaking. He's about to go and and do, fulfill what he's called to do. All right. But now I am no more in the world, but these are still in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep in your name, in the knowledge of yourself, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. So that is Jesus himself interceding on behalf of disciples. And if you keep going, on behalf of all believers, okay? So when you're praying, you're believing, you're asking God to keep this person. Keep my sister Lamika. keep my brother, keep, my, keep all of them in your name, okay? So we want to be praying and want to be doing that. So the first one is you're praying for sinners to be saved. So when you're doing that, you're praying that they come to the knowledge and the wisdom of God. On this one, you're praying for your fellow brothers and sisters. We're praying for people already born again. Keep them. All right. There may be some people who now they're trying to believe other things. Lord God, keep them. All right. We're not going to talk about them. Lord God, keep them. They believed in you. You're the same God. Yesterday, you're the same God. The day they was crying at the altar getting saved. You're the same God that did it. Even though they walked away and they want to believe this black, whatever they're trying to believe, you're the same God that came into their heart the day they got saved. God, keep them. All right. Hallelujah. The next way we can intercede, y'all shouting about that, God will keep them. Because I know people personally who now they believe in some other stuff, but I was there and I saw them get saved and I knew it was a real experience. All right? So, God, keep them. The next one we're going to intercede is with our praise. God showed me this thing. Because there are sometimes when we're praising God and we're praising, you're praising on behalf of you and praise God for your stuff and praise God for your house and praise God for your spouse. Praise God for that's wonderful. But there are sometimes when you got to do a dance for somebody else hallelujah you got to do something for somebody else i remember i was driving and i had been meditating on this and praying in the holy ghost and i was riding in the car me and just riding and praising god and we just shouting and we praising praying all us just praying and i looked over at the stoplight and i looked over at the jaguar dealership i don't want a jaguar that wasn't my design but i remember my big brother kirkland told me a story about the jaguar he wanted so i began to shout and praise hallelujah glory and i come i said brother i just stopped by to let you know that i praise god for your jaguar Hallelujah. All right? So we want to begin to praise God because while he might not be praising in that moment for that, but there is somebody that's covering that moment for him. You don't know how it's going to happen. That scripture about some water, some plant, God gives the increase, that's referring to souls and all that good stuff. But I'm watering. I'm a plant. While he already watered, I'm a water on your stuff. I'm going to plant on your stuff. And I'm going to praise. And I'm going to watch God give you the increase. Hallelujah because we gotta do it greater than that. It can't just be about what we're doing. It gotta be about the city. I'm gonna praise God in advance because this is the bay of the Holy Ghost. So I'm gonna praise God for the bay of the Holy Ghost. I'm gonna shout in here for the bay of the Holy Ghost. I always have a reason to dance. You always have a reason to dance. I don't care because when you start to let your situation stop your praise, you've now become selfish and you're walking in idolatry and you're worshiping yourself and now you're worshiping your situation. But I don't ever let the devil get that much attention. Come on now, now I have been in a place where I have let such situations change my countenance and I'm sitting there like, praise God. Oh, praise, yes, God, hallelujah, hmm Write down these notes, all right, praise God, time to go. Now I have been there, so I'm not standing up here like I ain't never let the devil, whatever. But I learned a few things. That my praise will steal the avenger that he's an adversary to my adversary he's an enemy to my enemy he will provide for me my praise is a weapon all right so i start when i start to really renew my mind to those things you always have a reason to praise if you can't think of anything for yourself if you feel just so sad for yourself think about somebody else and put a praise on your lips and a dance in your feet all right we always have a reason to praise we're going to look at second chronicles 20. hallelujah Second Chronicles twenty verse twenty two, and this is a back, the background of this story is Jehoshaphat when they told him that all these people were about to come up against him and all this kind of stuff, and he was scared and he was fearful. He called a fast, and the Lord told him that you won't have to fight in this battle. All right, but if you read this whole story, and I'm going over it, and I realize God never told him how it was going to get done. He just simply said you won't have to fight in this battle. But then he turned around and said, but go out against them. Wait, what? Wait, you see? Wait, I thought I thought you said. Then I won't have to fight in this battle. But you say, Go, well, where are we going? <laughs> 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 now, I don't win in, because the Bible's talking, because he's going to talk about when he went to give counsel and gave advice to the people. And then he's like, Okay, we're not going to have to fight in this battle, but we're going to go out against them. And this right here was so beautiful to me. It says, and when, you be, and when they began to sing, now he appointed, in the scripture above that, he appointed people to worship God. Now, he appointed just a few people, the Levites, to worship God in that moment, but they were doing it for the whole tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. There are some times where you might be appointed to worship God, but you're doing it for your whole family. You're appointed to worship God, but you're doing it for the whole city. It says, and when they began, now the Lord never told Jehoshaphat how how he wasn't going to have to fight, how he was going to get the victory. He just knew he was going to get it. So they never told him. he said, and they began to sing and praise the Lord sent ambush against the children of amon Moab, and mount sire which were come up against judah and they were smitten all right so by their praise and they begin they begin to set ambushes where the enemies that were trying to get him begin to fight each other and then they then those enemies begin to fight each other all right all because why he picked some to praise so they interceded they begin to praise and things begin to happen the next verse hallelujah verse 23 it says, for the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had, put, had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. Verse 24. Praise the Lord. It says, and when Judah came toward and watched the t- watch." came to the watchtower in the wilderness they looked unto the multitude and behold there were dead bodies falling on the earth and none escaped so in this moment he didn't have to fight in a battle but because they interceded with their praise and they began to press in something happened for them that they then I did they say did Jehoshaphat praise and they say Jehoshaphat praised. it said that he appointed some people to praise and it happened for the whole tribe so there are times when you when you're set up in here and praise and something will happen for everybody on your job I remember Paul and Silas when they prayed in the jail that everybody got free. All right. So there are sometimes when we're praising, I pray for the praise team all the time. I pray for Latoya all the time. Because when they're going in and praising, there's something happening right over your life while they're praising. Y'all think about that. There's something while they're praising. While they I be while they're at choir rehearsal, I'm praying. When they're at choir rehearsal, there's something happening in the city when they're praising God. There's something happening in the government when we just set ourselves aside and begin to praise God. Come on, y'all praise now I'm going to look at a kind of different example but God showed me something so powerful in this example so I couldn't leave it out but it's a little different all right it's, it's working for the enemy but we gonna see the difference okay go to mark 6 verse 21 and we gonna talk about it. sister girl Herodis and all the kind of people praise God mark 6 verse 21 and I'm almost done alright so prayers we got to be praying we got to be praying and we're gonna be praising we should never have a moment where we don't feel like praising because there is, some, I guarantee you, as I say all the time, there is somebody in your family who's not saved. Somebody. There is somebody on your job who isn't saved. And God created us to be outward-focused people because we know that he's taking care of us. In these 90 days, a personal testimony, I've gotten, full. I, when I tell you I'm so confident in the love of God, that I, I'm good. I know I'm good. I'm rich. I know I'm rich. I'm fabulous and all that wonderful stuff. I got it, right? So now I spend a lot more of my time focusing on other people and doing all these other things because God has shown me that, girl, you straight. You, I got you. Chill. But so now you're going to pray for somebody else because now you know I got you. There's somebody out there who doesn't know that I got them. There's somebody else who doesn't know that. church people who don't know that i have them that they don't have to do this they don't have to do that but i got you so you so now i you know i just be praised i just faith is fun and i just i didn't really understand when y'all say that i'm like faith is fun what are y'all talking about <laughs> lord she now faith is fun you don't know how it's gonna happen you just know it's gonna happen <laughs> praise god all right so march <laughs> Hallelujah. Mark twenty. Mark twenty. Mark twenty-one. Mark six twenty-one, and this is talking about Herodias and Herodias and her daughter. And this, so, verse twenty-one it says, "And when a when a convenient day, can we put out a New King James? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen." So we're talking about interceding with our praise. Okay, we got one more after this, and I'll be done. Amen. Okay, it says. Then an opportune day, we're going to give you a little back history after this. But it says, then an opportune day came when Herod on his birthday gave a feast for his nobles and high officers and the chief men of Galilee. And Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with him. And the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give you, I will give it to you he also swore to her whatever you ask me i will give you up to half my kingdom okay so we're talking about a girl who just went in and danced before the king and the king it opened up the king's heart to give her whatever he desired whatever she desired now i don't know about you but if a king told me give me whatever you desire i'm going to take half that kingdom but he but there was somebody who she had done this for somebody who sent her in to do this so she went back to her mother and said okay we got them right what we want them what do you want to ask them? what do you want me to ask for this is why I want to ask for the head of John the Baptist. So there are some times where your praise will help you and help somebody else prayer requests get through when they might have not have been, had the ability to praise. They might have not had the seed to sow, whatever it was, everybody got seed to sow. But they might not have had something to do, right? Your, your, your praise and your intercession for them and your time spent praising for them will open up something for them. All right? Y'all excited about that? Your dance can open up somebody else's miracle. Your dance can open up somebody else's job. Your dance can open up somebody else's womb. I'm praising for Devin and Jasmine children every day. Your dance can do something else for somebody else. Your own worship, your own praise, your own confidence in God's ability to do it can do something else. All right. So he said, I want the head of John the Baptist. And so, of course, at that time he made an oath in front of all his friends, so he had to deliver. But what was so awesome about it, if you go back up to verse 18, King Herod liked John. Because John was a righteous, noble man. And when you go over this part right here, John, this is what God showed me just on the the side when I was reading, going through these notes. He was saying that he liked them, and he said that he loved his teaching, although it would perplex him. So it was saying King Herod loved to hear John's teaching. He just really enjoyed John to teach. He took him and put him in prison, but put him in the best part and made sure he was protected all the time. He never let anything happen to John. And what happened was God showed me in this scripture right here because John, when he said, when, when he went to marry Herodias, which is his wife's, I mean, his brother's wife, John said, hey, it's unlawful for you to do that. Now, John didn't put him in jail. He didn't do anything. He just told him, Hey. It's unlawful for you to do this. God spoke to me that he's restoring, and they were preaching my message. He's restoring the voice of the prophet and the apostles in the church back into the earth realm. And he's fully restoring it to the point where they only have to speak a thing and it's going to change. So if you're having a problem submitting to the voice, it's going to be hard for you later because God is supernaturally restoring leadership into a place where government reverences the man of God government reverences. that's why a long time ago I prayed that all the time when it says that it was given to you the keys of the city that's proper restoration of all things kingdom It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we go over scripture, the way that the kingdom operates, it operates by the prophet. It operates by the man of God. It doesn't operate by a dictator or government. They control the king. You understand what I'm saying? So God is saying, look out in this season where I'm supernaturally restoring the voice of my men and my women of God in government and over every mountain of influence. If they say not so, it's not so. You all understand what I'm saying? If they say, okay, we can, we can let that pass, okay, we can let that pass. Because God is restoring their voice. So I just wanted to show you that because we, we just got to get submitted. All right? He's restoring the voice. So those are the two places. So through prayers and through praise. And the next one we can intercede is with our seed. Hallelujah. Last time we sold on somebody else's behalf. Hallelujah. I might couldn't at that time buy you the new car, but I can give you $200 put a seed in the ground for this new car. I can join my seed with your seed and show you who, how you can get a debt-free car. I can do that. I might at that time. And so we're going to look at 1 Samuel verse 25. Hallelujah. And I remember a personal testimony about the praise interceding with my praise. I remember I was going for like my first real apartment, and I was like, okay. This is different for me. I've never had to do this because I didn't do this. And so other people did that. I didn't do that. And so when I'm going to do this, and I remember I was telling Barbara, I said, hey, Barbara, I don't have all of what they're asking, but I'm about to go get these keys. And she said, okay. All right. Amen. The whole time I'm going to the place without the money that they asked me for, but I'm coming back with some keys, Barbara was at her house praising God for me. The whole time I'm there, the entire meeting, until I walked through the door, was like, we got some keys. Praise the Lord. Because her praise was interceding for me. She was doing something while I was doing something, all right? We're talking about interceding with a seed. 1 Samuel 25. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. I just want to encourage you to, to do something else. To let's live our lives as intercessors, all right? Verse 18. We're going to start with verse 18. It says, because 1 Samuel, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you the verse. 1 Samuel 25, Verse 18. Alright, this is a story, and I'm just going to give you a backdrop because I'm not going to read all of it. But as we know about Abigail and her foolish husband, right? She Now, Abigail, his men went out and was with David, and David had took care of them. He looked out for them. So David came to a time of need and was like, hey, I know that these are the shears. I know that he has some stuff over there, so go ask the same man that we helped. Go ask him to you know, provide for us. Go ask him to help us. And so Abigail, what happened was his husband act like he didn't know who David was. And, you know, David didn't really take too kindly to that at all. So David mounted up his horse and was like, well, let's go. We if, if somebody alive by tomorrow, it will be a miracle, basically. So David, but it says now the people he was coming to kill is everybody. So the servants heard about that and went to Abigail and said, hey, listen, your husband is tripping and David is coming to get us. Please do something. So it says right here, it says, then Abigail made haste and took 200 loaves of bread, two two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five seeds of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs and loaded them on the donkey. And so if you continue to read down that story, go to verse 32 for me. When you keep reading down to that story, she went out to meet David with all of this seed with all of these gifts, all right? And then David, when she met, they had a whole conversation and she was reminding David, hey, you, you're you not supposed to be doing this on by your own hand. You're about to shed blood in your own will. You're not supposed to be doing that. God has been with you all this time. Don't do this. Don't, you know, I know he's foolish and he don't know a lot of stuff, but don't do this because God has been with you this whole time because David didn't move until God said so. But at this time, he let his emotions get in the way and he was like, somebody did something. And so he said, then David said to Abigail, bless, blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. Next verse. It says, and bless is your advice and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to shed blood and from avenging myself with my own hand. It says, for indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you unless you had hurried and come to come to meet me, surely by morning light, no males would have been left to Nabal. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, go up in, in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your persons. So I'm here to announce you that through the seed, she interceded for her foolish husband and the entire household with the seed. So there are some times where you can intercede for people with a seed. I remember when, when we're talking about Mama Alberta and Pastor Derber. Mama Alberta got saved first. She made a thousand dollar vow and three days later, Pastor Derber got saved. All right. I remember I made a vow and my brother got saved Nobody knew about that vow But I made that vow probably five or six years ago My brother ended up getting saved in 2017 So I'm here to tell you You can intercede these ways So don't ever have a reason not to pray Don't ever have a reason not to praise And don't ever have a reason not to sow Because God loves everybody He wants everybody to be saved And you have all the resources already on the inside of you To make sure that something happened Even for somebody else Okay? Praise the Lord Amen
1: Praise God! Praise God! We agree with that. We agree with that. Intercession carries power. You ready, Bishop? Everybody rise for the Bishop as he comes. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord. Oh, you! Oh, you have a microphone. <laughs> Excuse me. Bishop got the I microphone saw, already. Oh,
4: Kirkland above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise God! Praise God. It ain't my book. Don't chase after me. Chase after him. (laughs) Amen. Father God, we thank you and we bless you for this time. Father God, we thank you for all the words that we've heard and that we've received in this time, Father God. I thank you that we've been found faithful, Father God, to receive all of the words that you planted into this good ground, Father. And I thank you that, Father God, even as this word that you've given me, Father God, to pour out into your people, Father God, that it will be received With faith, Father God, mixed with faith, that these people have the hearing of faith. Hearing eyes, I mean, hearing ears and seeing eyes, they come from you, Father God. And I thank you, Father God, that as I speak what you've told me to speak, Father God, I'll speak with excellency and accuracy in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. God. So let me tell you about the Holy Ghost. So, the Lord had me on a particular passage of scripture before the winter faith meeting. and He had just been working with me on it, working with me on it. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's just my normal, you know, study time. And um, then maybe about two weeks ago, the Holy Ghost told me, hey, well, the Lord told me, hey, you need to prepare a message. And I'm like, okay. I mean, you know, okay. And so... Um, I get a text message Sunday, like everyone else, from pastor, but the Lord had prepared me. And so I just want to encourage you all to be sensitive to to the Holy Ghost and his leading, because he will not let you be caught off guard. He will not let you be unprepared. And so thank God for the Holy Ghost and be sensitive to him. Amen. Okay, my second order of business, the passage of scripture that God had me working on is a passage of scripture that pastor has been dancing all over. And I was like, okay, Lord, uh, I don't think I can. And I tried to find other things, and he was just like, uh, uh, uh. So we're going to talk about Psalm 23 tonight. (laughs) Psalm 23. We're just going to walk through this scripture because this scripture is, this passage of scripture is loaded. And the title of my message tonight is Destination Abundant Manifestation. Destination Abundant Manifestation. All righty. So what I need you all to do, um, before we read the scripture, I want you to imagine going to a place that you've never been before. More specifically, someone's home in another country. I would imagine that being in new surroundings, would take some guidance and leadership from someone who knows where they are going. If you would take someone that's, it would take someone that's familiar with the surrounding area, with the surroundings, the area, and most importantly, the home. In Psalm 23, the Lord is trying to get us somewhere, and the destination is abundant manifestation. So all of your travel arrangements have been made, and he's waiting on you. This journey only requires your obedience, and pushing past the limits of your soul. OK, so media if you can pull up Psalms 23, and we're going to read through that, and then we're going to break it down. Okay. And it says, and if you can read with me. The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, through I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. So that's good news. That's good news. This scripture is is packed full of prosperity. Amen. So we're going to look at, take a closer look at Psalms um, 23, verse 1, and we're going to look at it in the Amplified Classic version. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me, I shall not lack. So the Lord wants you free from lack so that you can focus on the kingdom agenda. Um, We get a clear picture here of what the Lord, of the the Lord, our shepherd and what he provides. Um, Here we see where he says to feed. So food is representation of our daily provision. Okay. so we're going to we're going to prove that in Matthew six, verses 24 through 25. And then we'll skip down to verses 31 through 34. Many of you all are going to get your answers tonight. You're going to get your answers tonight. This is a supernatural time. So you're going to get your answers tonight. And don't forget that we have a destination in this abundant manifestation. And it says here, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So what this is telling you Trust God. Let him be your shepherd. Let him lead you into your daily provision. Don't serve your job. Don't serve your provision. God is your master. Let him be in control of what you do with your money and what you don't do with your money. i in the next verse. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? What's the answer to that? All right, keep going Keep going, keep going So we're skipping to 31 I thought I said that I apologize Mm -hmm. Therefore do not worry saying What shall we eat or what shall we drink Or what shall we wear Mm -hmm. For after all these things the Gentiles seek So we don't chase after those things We seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be added to us For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. What does worry do for you? It takes you straight to death. It takes you straight into destruction. It's not made for you to worry. Cast your cares unto him. He cares for you. So it's it's not in your ability to carry worries. And it says, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day for the day is its own trouble. Amen. All righty. So where we see next um, in Psalms 23.1 um, in the Amplified Version, where it talks about guidance there. Guidance is a representation of wisdom and knowing what to do at all times. We're going to see that in James 1, verse 5. James 1, verse 5. Y'all, all all right? Amen. Amen. James one, verse five. Okay, and it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, it and it will be given to him. So we have no we have no reason to say we don't have wisdom or know what to do about something. Right, right. There's absolutely no reason why we don't know what to do in every situation. All righty, And we're going to see. in first, John, um, chapter two, verse 20. Um, another reason why we don't have to worry about that. OK, so it says, but you have had the Holy Spirit poured out on you by Christ. So all so all of you know the truth. So, you know, the truth. And so sometimes you have to you have to work with yourself, and don't allow yourself to feel like you're confused about anything. You know the truth. We get too much good word, too much good thorough teaching in this house, not to know the truth. On top of having the Holy Ghost residing on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. All So that shield, um, back to verse one in um, Psalm 23. It's a representation of protection and covering. We're gonna look at Psalm three, verse three. Psalm three, verse three. But you, O Lord, are my are are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who the one who lifts up my head. So you mean to tell me that the Lord, the Lord of all things, the Lord of heaven and earth, is my shield. He's my protection. And not only is he my protection, but he's your protection. Amen. All righty. So we're going to look at verse two of Psalm 23. And it says, um, yeah, there we go. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The Lord knows where we're going. Trust him. He knows he knows how to get there. This is a a depiction of a settled and and decisive leadership, and leadership with direction. All right? So when we think about that settled and decisive leadership, we already know God is settled and decisive. But when we think about about our man and woman of God, they're settled and decisive. That's why it's okay to follow them, because they're settled in their decisions, and they know the decisions that they're making. OK, so just keep that in mind when you read this scripture that this is a de- this is a depiction of subtle and decisive leadership. Yeah. All right. So let's move to verse three. I'm going to move on swiftly. And it says here, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, for his name's sake. So we're going to look at the definition of restore. The ne- definition of restore it means to reinstate, put back, bring back, rebuild, repair, renovate, redecorate. Real stop there. We talked about decoration today. And when Pastor was talking about it this one, I was like, ooh, this is my message. But he was talking about decorating as a as a facade or as a cover-up. This is when God redecorates your soul. So this is not when you choose to redecorate your soul, but this is when God does the work. And it says, give, some, give something previously stolen, taken away, or lost back to the original owner or recipient. So we see here where God is restoring those things that the devil, through whatever means, take, took away from us. Amen? All righty. Oftentimes people have been led astray by other things that caused them to miss green pastures, as well as being stuck at troubled waters, all of which cause damage to your mind, will, and emotions. Yes, sir, causes damage. Mm. Also, Absolutely. the sacrifice takes place in your soul, mm-hmm. going against all those old ways of thinking, yes. praising when you don't feel like it, and even sowing when it hurts. Yes. Let's look at Psalm 103, verse 1. We're going somewhere, y'all. Destination, abundant manifestation. And it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. So here we see a a clear, uh, the scripture is telling us somebody praising, maybe in the case when they didn't feel like it. Maybe when something was in tumult or turmoil at their home, in their family, in their marriage. But David still chose to bless the Lord. Amen? All So let's look at Psalm 43, verse 5. Okay. Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And you have to ask yourself that. Why? Because probably it's stupid. It's probably stupid. Because you have too many great and precious promises for your soul to be in, this, in, in, in turmoil. You know, just like Shante said, this is his resume. This is what he can do. All right. And it says, and why are you disquieted, disquieted within me? Hoping God. So that's your that's that's what you should do when your soul is acting crazy. That's what you should do. Hope in God for I shall yet praise him. So even give him a praise. Hope in God, give him a praise. The help of my countenance and my God. And so we're going to look at that in the Passion Translation. Hopefully they'll be helped by the time we get out of here. <laughs> All right. and it says, then I will say to my soul, so you gotta talk to yourselves. You gotta say something to yourself. Don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I fully expect my Savior God to break through. I fully expect my God to break through for me. Because He's who? The breaker. The God of what? Breakthroughs. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, living before his face is my saving grace. Hallelujah. Your sacrifice and past experiences will help others later. And that coincides with what Elise was just telling us. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen? Amen. Why does he want to restore your soul? For his namesake, of course. Yes. First, we gotta remember All souls are his. So let's take a look at Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. So the whole family. The whole family. I don't care how bad they acting up. The whole family, they all his souls. The soul who sins shall die. Okay, and then we're going to move on to um, Third John, chapter one, verse two. It's his greatest desire for you to prosper, which happens to which happens in your soul first. And it says here, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Alrighty, so we're going to look at um, verse four, Psalm twenty-three, and move on. And it says here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. When we heard pastors say on Sunday that here on the earth, it is the shadow of death. So we're always walking through the shadow of death, essentially. I will fear no evil. What are you afraid of? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. All so when we see here, I will fear no evil. When I see that, I think about hesitation. And hesita- hesitation will delay your manifestation. You always have to keep that in mind when you're moving out in faith, that anytime that, that you're prone to hesitation, that's the enemy working against your faith. Okay, so a synonym for, for hesitation is wavering. Let's look at James 1, verses six through seven. But let him ask in faith without doubting or wavering. For he who doubts or wavers is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let that man suppose that he will receive anything. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Okay, we can keep going. Keep going. Eight. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Okay? So that's a die cycle man. He's divided in his opinion. So when you when you feel yourself saying, okay, God will. Okay, I don't know if he will, you know, because the bill came again. And it reminded you that, hey, I don't have the ability to do it. But were you really in faith when you first started saying, oh well, God will? Because you're you're, you're saying you're stepping out in faith, but really, you haven't made up in your soul or in your mind who you really believe. Okay? Fear, which is the opposite of faith, causes you to hesitate. By faith, take it. By faith, take it. Or we could say, by the force of faith, take it. Let's look at Matthew 9, verses 20 through 22. And we're going to see the force of faith working here. And it says here, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. So you got to understand, she's been bleeding for 12 years. So she's weak. So physically, she doesn't have the energy to press. Through a multitude, through a crowd, she doesn't have the physical energy to do that. Not to mention that she's not even supposed to be there because of the issue that she has. And so you see here that the force of faith faith is now pushing her beyond the limits of her natural existence or reality. For she said to herself, okay, this is her talking to her soul. If only I may touch touch his garment, I shall, shall be made well. 22. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer. Daughter, your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. So when you allow the force of faith to take you past your, your physical and your natural limitations, that's when you will be made well in that hour. Amen? Amen? Yes. All right. So let's look at, let's go back to um, Psalms 23, where we left off. Your rod and your staff. Let's talk about it. Right. Let's talk about it. Yes. All right, so it says, I will, know, "I will fear no evil. for you are with me. We know that that's probably the Lord of financial transaction, the yes. Lord of hosts. Yes. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You, Let's head over to Isaiah 53 um, and six. Isaiah, Isaiah 53. Verse 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So we see here that sheep have a tendency to go astray. And so that's why we have the rod and staff to help to get us back in line, okay? The rod aids in getting the sheep all together. Sheep are gregarious animals, Meaning they like to be in flocks or they like to be in groups. When you find a person that does not like to be among the flock, that's a goat. That's a goat. That's a goat. That's a goat. Goats are stubborn and are prone to misbehaving. Let's look at Matthew twenty-five, thirty-two through thirty-four. Sir, do I have a little bit more time? Okay. Matthew 25, 32 through 34. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you, from the foundation of the world, okay? So you don't want to hang around goats. If it's a goat, get away from it. And they're prone to misbehaving. We have to allow God to lead us. This requires you to reject the fear of correction. Did you hear that? This requires you to reject the fear of correction, whether from God directly or from our leaders. Correction is hard for those who are are not settled in the love of God. Correction keeps us heading in the right direction. That's why it's so important. When we allow correction to become comforting to our souls, as we're seeing in this scripture, is when we get delivered from fear of abandonment, pain, and pride. And we have total control over this. Let's look at Hebrews 12, verse 6. Amplified Classic. For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves. He punishes even scourges every son whom he accepts and welcomes to his heart and cherishes. So if you don't like correction you might want to say hey I need to get familiar with the love of God. Because as a son that's ju- it, comes with the, it comes with the territory. It comes with the territory. Let's look at Luke <laughs> Let's look at Luke 21, verses 16 through 19. We're getting somewhere. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all for my namesake. But not a hair of your head shall be lost. By your patience, possess your souls. So come what may, be not, be not dismayed. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Suck it, up, Suck it up, possess your soul with patience, and move on. Okay. <laughs> so, so far on this trip to daddy's house, otherwise destination abundant manifestation, we've seen freedom from lack in all areas, leadership that knows where they're headed, soul restoration, which yields prosperity, and resistance to fear of correction. So let's look at the end of this scripture, and we're going to get into the good stuff here. Not that the rest of it wasn't good, but it's the part that might make you shout. So let's look at verses 5 and 6. All righty, so it says here, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil my cup runs over. So on that passage, pastor talked about how the shepherds would anoint the sheep with oil to keep away the flies. I'm gonna show you a different perspective tonight. So six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So customarily, during the time when this scripture was written, When someone was expecting a guest for dinner, upon arrival, they would anoint the guests' heads with oil. This was a mark of hospitality and honor. In addition, when the guest was seated, they would fill their cup until it overflowed as a sign that that this guest was welcome to stay as long as they wanted. It was an invitation to never leave. And I go back to what I told you earlier. He's been waiting on you. The Lord has been waiting on you to take a seat at the table that he's prepared for you. And so when we look at that word prepare, the definition of that means to furnish, handle, or direct. So God is furnishing some things for you. He's handling some things for you. He's directing some things for you. But it's not until you take a seat at the table that you'll enjoy this. So look at this word anoint and it's the Hebrew word 1818 Dashan. to be fat, grow fat, become prosperous, to satisfy. So we see this is what you're, you're greeted with at the door. This is not this is you haven't even made it to the table yet. Prosperity is hitting you at the door. You haven't even made it to the table yet. So there are many of you in here that are already in your prosperous state and you're moving to become very prosperous because it hits you at the door and you haven't even taken a seat at the table yet. At God's table, you're about to be made fat and prosperous. I declare to you tonight, heads of companies, heads of ministries, heads of households, heads of industry, you're about to be made fat and prosperous, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we're going to look at that word cup, because there's more, and that's the Hebrew word 3563, cow, connected to 3599, kiss, bag, purse, bag for money. So your wallet, your purse is a container for your prosperity and for your money. I dare you to look at your purse and tell your purse or your wallet, oh, you're full of fat with money. Oh, you're full of fat with money. Oh, you're full of fat with money. Oh, you're full and fat with money. You're full and fat with money. You're full of fat with money. You're full You're full and fat with money. The cup is your bag, your purse, or your bag for money. It's full of money. You're taking a seat at the table where the cup is being filled to overflow. Your bag or your purse is being filled to overflow. So look at, let's look at that word overflow. The Hebrew word 7310. Ravaya, saturation, satisfaction, wealthiness. So that's what your cup, cup is overflowing with: saturation, satisfaction, and wealth. So let's look at that word, goodness, and we're almost done. And that's the Hebrew word. Hebrew word, twenty-eight, ninety-six, two, wellness prosperity, happiness. And so after you take a seat at the table and your purse is filled with money, this is what's gonna follow you. Wellness, prosperity, and happiness. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you that this is your time. This is our time. And most importantly, this is God's time. He's been waiting on you. Enjoy the journey to destination abundant manifestation.
1: Destination, abundant manifestation. Goodness, that word, tuv. It's wellness, prosperity, happiness. Now, did you look up mercy? It's probably the Hebrew word uh, hesed, C h e s s e d. like mercy is a new every morning, mercy. It means the same thing. That mercy isn't like we've been taught mercy. Well, just the Lord, he, he ain't going to let the devil hit him upside the head. No, that mercy is an act of kindness, is an act of charity. It's a loving kindness of God. And he said, this is what's going to follow you all the days of your life. Destination, abundant manifestation. Man, man, man. So, um, this is your year of abundant manifestation. Here's what the key is. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. So, what the requirement is, I, I said this to you on Sunday, there's nobody in history who's followed God closely who did not eventually end up living in a, an abundant manifestation? It's it's impossible. So if I if I see that there's lack, I got to find out where am I missing it? Because it's not him. If I'm ex- if he, we read that word goodness uh, about wellness, if there's lingering sickness in my body, it's not him. Because that's not where he's leading me. He's leaving me in the wellness, so I got to find out, oh, Lord, what's, what's up with me? And many times, uh, you know, the truth is most, most Christians won't ever ask that question. Most Christians aren't even taught to ask that question. Most Christians are taught, taught to say things like, well, you know, God will maybe one day, and, you know, you never know how things going to happen, and, you know, the devil. No, sometimes it's you. Y'all don't have to clap. I ain't you don't have to clap. He already, they already preached, so I ain't got to preach sometimes it's, it's us. And that's what kind of ministry you're under when we're teaching like this, that sometimes we got to evaluate ourselves. Lord, what, what's, what's my holdup? Because it's not you. No good thing will you withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so, um, but man, that's... I, I did shout. When you said I might want to shout, I, I shouted. I'll shout again. Hey! <laughs> praise God, praise God. Why don't y'all give all four of our speakers another big hand tonight? Come on, appreciate them. Come on, let them know you appreciate them. Their labor in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Remain standing. We're going to be dismissed. Remain standing. Remain standing. We enjoyed it from the beginning to the end. All through the middle it was good really, really good. So we, we uh, uh, appreciate um, the word. I know you were blessed. I was blessed. I was blessed to hear the word of God. Amen. March gladness. <laughs> Fear not. Be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. Amen. All right. Well, let's look forward to come back on Sunday. We'll keep on going with whatever the Lord's saying to us and, and uh I think you can go home by the time you get home tonight that's this whole service will be on YouTube and uh you can go back over and listen to these messages again and review and, and meditate. You gotta meditate to get it deep in your heart. I talked talked this morning about laying it on thick. Laying it on thick. You gotta you gotta do that. Amen. Don't just don't just let the word be decoration in your life. I was mulching. At my house the other day and the guy at Home Depot told me, he said, if you want to decorate with mulch, you just got to put a little bit. He said, but if you want to do what it's supposed to do, you got to put a lot on there. And I just got a revelation out of that. You know I did, dude. A lot of Christians just, just trying to decorate their lives with the word. Church is just decoration. The word and God is just decoration. But if you want to really, really let it do what it's supposed to do, you got to lay it on thick and heavy. Get as much word as you can. Come to church as often as you can. Be around saints of God as much as you can. Meditate the word as much as you can. Praise God as much as you can. Intercede in everywhere as much. As, do all these things as much as you can. Lay it on heaven and then it'll do what it's supposed to do in your life. Amen. Yeah. Grab hands. us about to next to Let's get ready to go. Hallelujah. We didn't give any announcements, but uh, there's one more uh, ground school class this coming Sunday, right? So this coming Sunday, those who who are in ground school, will finish up this Sunday morning at uh, 8.50 a.m., and then we'll have our graduation uh, service uh, soon after that. And then uh, remember we're in our our, uh, giving campaign for our roof, and uh, we crossed the $6,000 mark here a couple days ago on that, 61.10, so praise the Lord. Still got a ways to go, but we're not at zero. zero. Amen, so continue to give $1,000. Ask God for it. Ask God. I asked God for a thousand. I'll, I, he only gave me ten. Well, put the ten in there. That's right. That's right. That's you gotta wait for the whole thousand to show up. Be diligent. That's right. My wife and I, we we uh we set an agreement early this year, beginning of this year. Yeah, nice. We wanted we wanted to give a five thousand dollar seed, yeah, right. and so uh, we had we put a thousand down on on this on this vow we made, and uh, so just was it this morning. This morning we paid the other 4000 on that. And so that's we celebrated, man, this 90 days. He gave us money to, to pay off that $5,000 seed that we that we committed to. Just, just a thanksgiving offering to the Lord for his goodness toward us. We didn't have it. Well, I I, I probably had it, so I could have put it together. But I believe God said, you yeah, know, it's not fun. It's it more fun to believe it in. <laughs> And we did it. God did it for us. And uh, so, if you believe God for a thousand, He give you a hundred. Put the hundred in there. Let Him do the rest. Amen. We'll see you on Sunday. Thank you, Lord, tonight for all these messages we've heard and all that has. Uh, entered into our hearts. Now let the word produce what you sent it to produce. Thank you that your word shall prosper in Lord and that, with, that that to which you sent it it shall co- accomplish that which you please in our lives. Thank you that God we're not wayside ground we're not stony ground, we're not thorny ground God, we're good ground and the word will produce not just 30, not just 60 but it will produce a hundredfold return in our lives. So let it be unto us bless each speaker, replenish and pour back into them of all that they've given Lord in sharing the word with us. Now go with us from this place, let the blessing be upon us continue to keep us, supernaturally increase us more and more. Thank you that, that, that God these next 45 days, these last 45 days will be better than the first 45 days. Thank you for everyone Lord who's already had a testimony God give them another testimony Lord. Those, those who, who've not shared one God give them a double in this time in the name of Jesus Christ. Let financial miracles happen in our lives every day. We'll continue to walk in your blessings we pray in Jesus' name so be it. Amen. Alright and all, right, all His goodness and mercy. All the days of your life. Amen. See you on Sunday morning.